my men. January 3rd. A very odd thing happened to me today, but I suppose we should get into that in a bit. If I'm going to write these things, then I'd better keep to starting from the beginning. Anyhow, I haven't worked out how to describe it yet without coming across as, well, I don't know. Work still isn't back from Christmas and New Year's yet, so I tried to sleep in. Sadly, my body seems to have internalised my alarm, and at 7.30 exactly, my eyes opened and mechanically made for the shower, only realising what day it was when the water hit me. To make up for my lack of sleep in, I stayed in the shower for a full 45 minutes and washed my hair. When your hair is dry and you're all dressed, then it's probably time to find something to do. Nobody I know sticks around here for New Year's. They're all on holiday. Usually, if I had a day off like this, I would meet someone for coffee, but today I just went by myself and took a book. I'm reading Goodbye to Berlin again. After wandering about in the sunshine for a while, buying some batteries for the kitchen clock, I booked myself in for a haircut in the afternoon. I was looking absolutely dreadful. Then I came home. How do you talk about something you don't quite believe yourself? I feel so strange after the thing that happened today. Unreal. Floating around. Shaky. It was... No. It started when I came into the kitchen. I was resetting the clock when I heard the television turn on. Not just on, but on very loudly. And due to something particularly American. Particularly obnoxious. I thought maybe light from the windows had reflected off the wooden floors and beamed into the remote receptor thing. That happens, doesn't it? But there was something that made me not want to check what it was, even though I knew nobody could be there. There's only one door, which was locked, and I'm a story above the street. For a few minutes, I just stayed in the kitchen in a minor panic. Then the channel changed. That was when I started to get properly afraid. The kind of shock that you feel in your chest and shoulders. I don't know how long I stood there, twisting the hands on the clock, before I finally walked over to the living room. It was open. I shuffled myself in until I could see the whole room. I think the strangest thing of all is that, for a moment, I didn't notice anything was wrong or different. I felt so relieved. I saw the room, and I thought, Oh, you're an idiot. Look, it's empty. I didn't see him until the channel changed again. He was sitting in the big armchair by the window, holding the remote and just looking at the television. He was very thin and had coppery skin. He didn't look like anyone I knew, or really much like anyone I could think of. Very thin and very tall. I'm not crazy. The first thing I thought of was calling the police, or maybe my mum, or someone. I had my hand on my phone even, when I thought that maybe I wouldn't. How can I explain? It was like, he looked so vulnerable, and just unthreatening maybe. He looked like he just belonged there or something. I decided that I should wait for at least a little while. He wasn't moving at all anyway, only breathing very deep. The part that's hard for me is, I guess, something like this. I was happy. No, I mean, I didn't mind that he was there, or I don't know. When I first saw him, I felt more relieved, as if I was afraid that somebody wouldn't be there. Or that he wouldn't be there. Do you know what I did? 
I sat down beside him and watched the TV. He didn't speak, but that was okay. Sometimes I watched the TV and sometimes I watched him. His eyes are blue and a kind of milky blue. But yeah, just being there felt good. In the end, I must have been there for hours. When it got dark, I realised I must have missed my hair appointment and came upstairs to write this. Here I am, and he's still there, I think. Just sitting in the big chair. I put the deadlock on my door. You know, just in case. Oh, also, I thought of some new jokes. Did you hear the one about the reclusive author who needed to transport river plants from the former USSR but was in a hurry because of the fatwa which had been placed upon him? Yeah, it was Rushdie rushing Russian rushes. Um, did you hear about the fashionable Arabic tribal leader who couldn't sleep because his herd of wool-bearing animals were making such a terrible racket? Yeah, it was the sheik sheik's shrieking sheep. January 4th. I woke up at 7.30 again, but it was worse today because I barely got any sleep. After writing last night, I didn't go back into the living room. I guess because I didn't want it to not be true. Or I didn't want to be definitely crazy. I just made myself a cup of tea and tried to go to sleep. It was hard though. Partly because I just still felt funny inside and partly because the TV was still barking away under my room. I lay awake for a while, listening for the channel change, but it didn't come. I'm pretty sure all the times I woke up in the night, too, it was the same thing. Hard to tell, though. Anyway, I woke up early again, and I knew it was going to be another day where nobody was around. I made a list of things to do. Haircut, buy rubbish bags, vegetables, deodorant, razors. I didn't want to go into the room still. In the end, though, that didn't really matter. When I went down the stairs, he was just standing there in the hallway, between the hook with my coat on and the wall to the kitchen. He was very still, and I think quite peaceful looking. There's something particular about his stillness that I've been trying to put my finger on. It's not casual like somebody at a cafe, listening, one hand on the handle of a coffee cup. Not so natural as that. It's more intentional like a child, cross-legged on the classroom floor. Very studied. As if it takes a lot of effort. I don't know. I tried speaking. I said, Hello! But he just looked straight ahead. It was like he was watching the television, but as far as I could tell, he was just looking at the space beneath the old faded Picasso print on the wall by the door. My name's Ruby, I said. What's yours? And then, Sorry. Sorry, do you speak English? But he didn't respond. He just breathed in, very low and slow and deliberate, and kept on staring ahead. While I was making my breakfast, I kept looking over to him through the doorway and smiling. Some things are just nice to look at, I think. Some people, anyway. When I got to the hairdressers later on, I made an excuse as to why I hadn't shown up to my appointment the day before. Something about family issues. I think I must have been extra convincing because I was so distant the whole time I was there. I couldn't stop thinking about his eyes. They were so strange. 
not really like anything I'd ever seen before, more like something in a test tube or in a painting than what eyes are like. The haircut turned out fine, I guess. I can never do anything with my hair, really. Just tie it back. I cut the vegetables out of my list because they were the only thing I couldn't get from the shop underneath my flat. I didn't feel like being out for long today, really. When I got home, he was still there. I tried talking to him again, but there was no response. I like having him there, I think. It's nice company. My flat's pretty small, but it still gets a bit grim from time to time. Mainly when it's raining. You know. I don't really remember what the weather was like today, but it can't have been too bad. You remember when the weather is remarkably one way or the other, don't you? I mean, then it would be remarkable. You'd remark on it, but... Not that there was anyone around to chat to, but... Yeah, sorry. I felt so absent all day. Not so much at the hairdressers, but just in the morning and when I got home. I kept starting to do something and getting lost. I just had eggs on toast for dinner. I didn't really feel up to cooking. I'm going to bed early tonight to catch up on sleep, so it's now 8.45pm and I'm already in bed reading. Go me! I hope he's still there tomorrow. It would be nice, I think. Oh, and one more joke today. Did you hear about another Arabic leader with a passion for Motown? He couldn't do any metal work because some seawater got into the bonding agent. Yeah. It was the soulful salt and salty solder. January 5th. I touched him today. I feel very silly about it. I guess, or something. It made me feel silly anyway. It was like when I was 15. I was really in love with this boy. His name was James. He wasn't particularly good-looking or anything, but he seemed really nice, and he wore really terrible too-tight t-shirts, which, at the time, I thought was incredibly cool. Anyway, sometimes we'd meet up in the middle of the night at this park that was about halfway between our houses. There was something really exciting about it, as if we were doing something really bad and really great and dangerous. It's not like we were doing anything particularly risque, either, We were both too nervous and self-conscious to ever push towards anything close to actual sex, but we would kiss and hold hands and talk about absolute nonsense for hours. Anyway, what I mean is that's how I felt, like how I felt after that. Excited and nervous and confused and happy, but also this overwhelming feeling that what I was doing was very silly. I slept better but woke up even earlier today. When I came down the stairs, he wasn't in the hallway anymore, but I could see his feet poking out of the kitchen door. As it turns out, he was lying on the floor of the kitchen in a very strange position. Both legs were out beneath him, slightly bowed apart at the knees. One arm was bent, with his hand on his hip, and the other straight out at a right angle to his body. I couldn't help giggling when I saw it. He looked like a child being a little teapot. I laughed out, you're ridiculous, before remembering that he wasn't going to respond. I put the kettle on and did my best not to bump into him. My friend Eva got back into town last night, so I said I'd have a coffee date with her. There was something really vulnerable about my man lying on the floor like that, so I didn't want to leave him for too long. 
I told Eva that I had an appointment, but that I could fit her in for maybe half an hour. You look really tired, was the first thing she said to me. You're meant to be on holiday. I told her that I hadn't really been sleeping well, and that I had had a lot on. She asked me if it was a new man. Maybe I feel silly about this part more than the touch. Or I told her that there was someone. He has gorgeous eyes, I said. Maybe you can meet him soon. I didn't really think that she'd like to meet him. She might not understand. Not like I did, anyway. Is that who your appointment's with, then? I said that it was, and she gave me a big wink and a nudge and an ooh-la-la stuff. It was nice to see Eva, and I thought maybe about staying longer with her, but as it turned out, she was busy too. She ended up rushing off while I lingered with the remains of a muffin for twenty minutes more. I was feeling guilty about this as I walked home, like I'd been avoiding him, but really I wasn't. Why would I be? As soon as I got to the door, I said, I'm sorry for being so long. I had explained where I was going, but I wasn't really sure if he could understand it. He was still in the kitchen, so I made myself a cup of tea and sat down beside him. Just staring, really. His skin looked so smooth. After another cup of tea and half a piece of toast, I finally worked up the courage. I reached out and I stroked his arm. The arm that was the spout. As soon as I made contact, his head turned and I jumped back, tipping over my mug and covering the floor in toast crumbs. It was the first time I've seen him move. After a minute or so, I moved back over and touched his arm again. It was smooth and cool and strong. This time he didn't move anymore. He just kept looking at me. Maybe after 15 minutes of just resting my hand on his arm, I lay down on the lino and moved close to him. I waited some more and then rested my head on his shoulder and put one arm across his chest. He was very still, looking me right in the eyes. I knew he wanted me to be there. I felt really safe. It just felt really right. I lay there for maybe half an hour before the ground got too sore on my arm and shoulder. Only after that did it seem like I'd done something foolish. I felt embarrassed. I think because I knew, or I think I know that I love him, or I'm infatuated with him, or whatever. Puppy love. I spent the rest of the afternoon getting things ready for going back to work tomorrow, reading my books and just trying my hardest to act normally. Eva sent me a message asking how my date went, but I haven't replied yet. I didn't really know what to say. Really good, really strange. Another early night tonight, I think. No jokes today, sorry. Maybe tomorrow. January 7th. I'm sorry that I didn't write yesterday. I didn't really want to talk. I don't think I would have been able to put down properly what happened. Today was a lot better though. Basically, what happened was that I didn't go to work yesterday, or today actually. Yesterday started actually really normally, and I had slept alright and woke up at the proper time. I had a shower, got dressed, did my makeup, made my hair look more or less presentable and managed to swallow down some toast with about five minutes to spare before I had to catch the bus. Yesterday my man was in the living room again, sitting at the front of the sofa with his face staring up at the ceiling. 
When I came in, he turned his head to look at me, without me touching him this time. Just seeing him, I had a nervous schoolgirl butterflies feeling. How do I look? I said, pivoting on the spot and striking some parody top model poses. Pretty swish, huh? I told him that I had to go to work and blew him a kiss. This is the part that was bad. I'll try and explain it as best I can, but, but all the order is all muddled in my head. I know the first thing that happened was when I got down the stairs from my flat and onto the street. The nervous, silly feeling that I've been talking about that I've had for the last few days got really strong. Nerves started turning into something more like anxious or worried, and I felt suddenly really scared. Something made me want to run, very fast and very far, to run and get very far away from my flat. I felt like if I left, I would never be able to get back home again. I felt like if I left, I could never see him again. I wanted to leave, and I couldn't. I wanted to stay, and I couldn't. And I realized that I'd been standing, not moving, outside my door. It was like I was watching myself from the outside of myself. Very high up. I was very, very small, and the world was very big. Everything around me was huge and far apart. I didn't know what to do. I didn't think I could do anything. My thoughts weren't really working, and at some point, I sat down and started weeping and breathing very heavily. I was sure everyone was staring at me. They probably were. The next thing that feels really clear is when the man came out from the shop I live above and put his signs out. Hey girl! Hey! You! Girl! You live up there, right? He pointed at my flat. Are you okay? Here, don't sit on the footpath. Come on, crazy girl. He helped me up and led me to the back room of the shop without me saying anything, and had me sit down in a small school chair by a sink filled with dirty mugs. It was one of those shops that sells just about everything, and the room I was in was packed floor to ceiling with cardboard boxes, all with logos of different household products. He pulled a box of tissues down off one of the shelves and gave it to me. He even took off his shiny plastic bomber jacket and draped it over my shoulders. You drink tea? I nodded. I make you tea. I don't know how long I sat there for, cradling the tea in its hastily scrubbed mug, still weeping a little bit. Eventually he told me that I needed to go home. I think he needed to get one of the cardboard boxes, probably. He helped me up again and led me out of the shop up to my door. I didn't know why, but... I told him that I couldn't go back. I didn't want to. I think I even said please. I, I don't know why. He rolled his eyes. He got my keys from my purse and I showed him which one was for the door. I spent a very long time walking up the steps towards the flat. At the top of the stairs, I rested my hand on the door handle. When I eventually came in, I made straight for my man, letting the relief wash over me when I saw him in the same place as he was when I left him. It was like after you've been swimming, when you're acclimatized to the water and it makes the wind and the air freezing cold. It's that feeling when you climb back into the water. I started crying again and lay down on the couch, resting my hand on his head. After a while, I felt myself again, slightly shaken but no longer scared and panicked. I got out of my mascara-smeared blouse, had a shower, saw that I had six missed calls from work and called them back. 
darling, that's dreadful. Take a few days to recover. We don't really need you until next week, really. I'll see you then. People can be very kind, really. Not as kind as my man, but they try. The rest of the day I spent on the sofa in my dressing gown. We watched Jeremy Kyle. I didn't eat any dinner. I must have fallen asleep in the evening sometime and woke up when it was morning. Today is better. I think today feels like the start of something, maybe. When I woke up on the sofa with my aching neck, my man was gone. I looked around, but for a while I couldn't find him. It turned out he was upstairs, in my bedroom, in my bed on the top of the covers. He was, he is, lying down, looking very peaceful. He's so calm and collected. I hope he wasn't too worried about me yesterday, bursting in halfway through the morning, looking such a mess. I couldn't really hope for anything more than him. I couldn't even imagine it. I haven't done too much today. I put the radio on and stayed in bed. I made some tea. I thought about responding to some new messages from Eva and one from Mum. They seemed so worried. I wasn't really in the mood to say anything to them. I spent a long time trying to write my yesterday. It's strange that only a few days ago I thought he was so odd, lying there with him breathing deeply beside me. It's like he's been here forever. It's so normal. I've made a decision now. Tonight I'm going to try not to sleep. I think that if I don't sleep and I keep holding on to him like I am now, when he moves, maybe I'll move. If he leaves, I want to go with him. I think now I do love him. And when he goes, I'm going to go too. With him. Forever. One more joke. Did you hear about the lower middling aristocrat whose only joy came from the pitiless murder of local peasants and whose clothes were dyed in the blood of their innards? The violent Viscount's violent vice. Sorry. That one was kind of dark. Oh well. Good night. And if you don't hear from me again, then you'll know that I'm with my man. <laughs>